Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Eastern State Penitentiary haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. Well, I'm Rebecca and he's Pat. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this episode reminds me that even when the best intentions are in a plan, they might not be right. So the Eastern State Penitentiary started off as this great concept that they had. Um, You know, they really thought that this would be good for reforming the people. And um, but that great concept ended up torturing many of its inmates. So (laughs) while it was in use, though, it was one of the world's biggest structures and penitentiaries. Okay. so it has this neo-Gothic look to the building and it's supposed to remind inmates of being in church. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. There, yes, there's like, the, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the windows and everything. And, well, you're supposed to do penance while you're in the penitentiary. <laughs> well, and um, that just adds to its creepiness, I would say. Yeah, definitely. So Rebecca actually put this on our list a long, long time ago, maybe when Ghostly first started, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was a listener suggestion. So we may have heard it from a couple people, but um, it, this one, I will tell you, I found this not just on lists of like most haunted Pennsylvania, but literally most haunted in the world. Like yeah. it's like I, there was one article, it's like top 11 most haunted places on earth. Wow. And this place shows up. But Rebecca, is it haunted? I'm not sure, but we're going to find out that and so much history. You bet. Because uh, this place has a ton of it. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> so as far as shout outs, there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five-star reviews. I'm going to be honest. But uh, we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a few different tiers to choose from for personal memberships. It's from $1 to $10. And that can include extra ghostly for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to, I'm just going to say so, you know, our show that you get for, uh, you know, pretty low cost (laughs) on on the opposite weeks of our regular ghostly episodes, uh, Ghostly X. Um, I think it's really coming into its own. Yeah. You know, we have had some amazing discussions, you know, on on these ghostly episodes, we don't have time to dive into some of the real kind of stuff, philosophical stuff (laughs) when it comes to ghosts. I mean, we touch in it a little bit, but, uh, you know, with our guests, we've just had such a variety of opinions and thoughts. And it's so interesting to hear what people think. And um, man, the episode we recorded last night, and we'll talk more about this later, uh, man, some really creepy stories came out. so I'm just going to say we've got mm. a bunch of episodes out there uh, now. And when you subscribe uh, for the episodes, you not only get upcoming episodes, but all the back episodes, too. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as shout outs go, we don't have any this time. 
Uh, we didn't get any new reviews and no new patrons yeah. as well. So we so. hope next time. Yeah. All right. So now it's time for listener mail. Uh, so we've got uh, a listener mail from Lori. And she's, I think she titled, or I titled it Grandparents Reunited. My paternal grandfather died when I was five years old. When I was a senior in high school, my paternal grandmother died. Her funeral ended up being on my 17th birthday, which devastated me. We were very close, and I regretted not going to visit her that weekend because I wanted to hang out with my boyfriend. Then she passed away. One night, it was really late, and I was supposed to be sleeping, but I was on the phone talking to my boyfriend. The room was dark, and when I looked across the room, I saw my grandfather sitting on the radiator covering just looking at me. Although it startled me, it also made me feel at peace. I hadn't seen him since I was five years old, and he was here with me. I blinked, and he was gone. I feel like he came to let me know that my grandmother, his wife, was with him, and she was okay. I haven't seen him since, but I know that my grandparents are always with me. Aw, that's that's a very touching story. Uh, Thank you very much, Lori. And if you want to be like Lori and have your ghost story read, you can send it to info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form from ghostlypodcast.com or one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is in the actual mail at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Again, you guys are probably not going to be jotting that down as I say it. So if you're interested, you can go to the website, ghostlypodcast.com, scroll to the bottom, and you will find all that information in the footer. Yep. All right. And so now... Uh, it's time for polls. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay. You so you won, won the last time. Yes, but you won like eight before that. I won seven. So. Seven before that. A million. You won a million before mm-hmm. that. Oh, so I'm beating you as far as... I think so. No, I don't know what's happening no, lately. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. Our last episode, we talked about the Lee family curse, Bruce and Brandon Lee. Yeah. Uh, so these curse episodes are interesting. So I know we did the 27 club curse uh, mm-hmm. an episode a long time ago and i won that hands down y- i'm pretty sure that yeah. was pretty handy uh people totally buy that one and, and so, rightly so i thought another curse one would do you some good i thought so too uh but it turns out not oh. so much uh what? yes is 20 percent. no <gasps> is 80 percent. oh oh yeah. That is a bit of a no curse. Bit of a landslide victory. I know there. you picked this episode, so I guess I know why. <laughs> I pick almost every single one of the episodes except for this one, actually. Uh, we pick them together. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, you could tell people that. And the overall rating was a two point seven, and people can vote on how haunted they believe something is, or for this one, how real they think it was. Um one being not real at all, and 10 being the most real possible. <laughs> and this was at a 2.7. That's so. pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not a lot of evidence for this one. It was even, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, for me, it was kind of a stretch to think of it what? too much as a curse. I mean, again, some pretty crazy coincidence things, which make me question, uh, uh, but it I wasn't re- real strong. Yeah, if I recall, you gave it a 7 for your overall yeah, rating. Yeah, again, there were some things. Like, I can't lie. So, I'm, I mean, I'm still on the curse side. So, are you side, a little disappointed? But, but I'm a little disappointed. 
Yeah. yeah. You're disappointed in your team believers? Yeah. A little Whoa. bit. No, no. I want everyone to vote what they think. Yeah. That's the whole point gotta, of this. So. You got to vote your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, it's time for a ghost story. Ooh. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. What a crazy night. I gotta tell you about it. So, you know, I decided this Halloween season I was gonna work at the Eastern State Penitentiary's haunted house. Well, last night, I got a whole lot more than I bargained for. So, I work in Selbach 12 as a murderous inmate. I love it. The design and props are amazing in this operating room where I'm posted. I work with this girl, Emily, who lays on the table with her bottom half cut off and scares the crap out of people walking through. But then just when they think it's safe, I jump out from behind a pillar with a scalpel and scare them again. I have dropped so many bodies. It's been fun. Just what I thought it would be. So last night, after things shut down, Emily and I were talking about the best scares of the night when we heard something, like a, like a shuffling noise. We had stayed late to work on repainting some of our area. No one else was supposed to be there. But I called out because I thought, well, someone else must be here. No one answered, and it was quiet again. So we both figured it was just, you know, noises places make. But then we heard noises again. This time, it was like someone, I don't know, working. There was like a stamping sound and then paper moving, something being dragged. It would happen for like 15 seconds, then stop, then happen again. It happened like like three or four times. It doesn't seem like a lot, but I swear in the moment when all else is quiet, it seems like forever. We were both totally frozen. Finally, Emily yells out, who's there? And the sounds stop. After a minute, we went to look around the area and there was nothing. No one. We heard no doors, no footsteps. I have no idea what could be making those noises other than something not of this world. We finished our work up super fast. Not sure we did all that much more, honestly, and got the heck out of there. We saw no one when we left. And today, I've been asking everyone to find out who else was maybe there. No one says they were. I went to our manager and told her the story. She frowned and told me I was the third person in the last two years to come and have a story of something paranormal from Selbach 12. She asked if I wanted to move spots. I told her no. Nothing seemed too dangerous. And this way, I get to have my scares too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so did you take this from anything? I did, actually. Yeah, yeah there are. Uh, one of the managers of the haunted house attraction thing that they've mm -hmm. had there um, has said that over the years, um, she has absolutely had people ask to be to be moved or so that they are not coming back because of mm. paranormal things that have happened to them. And there is a story of um, two women that were um, painting after hours that had uh, crazy noises like this happen. So I thought that cell block 14 and 15 were the most haunted. 
I did not come across those. Really? I heard four, six, and twelve. Twelve being definitely the cre- the creepiest. That's really interesting because like fourteen and fifteen were for very very dangerous inmates. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the whole place is. I mean, in general, and again, we're going to talk about some specific stories later. But you know, footsteps, uh, screams. You know, mm. all the typical things that you'd think that you'd hear experience in a place like this absolutely been reported wow all right well let's take a break and when we return we will be talking about the pet facts pet facts Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. So the Eastern State Penitentiary, or, you know, as the cool kids call it, the ESP, Mm -hmm. uh, was a penitentiary in Philadelphia. It was designed by John Haviland, was apprenticed in 1811 by a London architect. He pursued an, an appointment to the Russian Imperial Corps of Engineers, which was unsuccessful. He wasn't able to get in there. But while there, he met... George von Santeg and President John Quincy Adams. Okay. Yeah. And they both encouraged him to work in the U.S. Like, Russia doesn't want you. Yeah. <laughs> Come to the U.S. Absolutely. We got plenty of stuff we need. So he, he arrived in Philadelphia in 1816 and soon established himself as one of the few professional architects in the city. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's interesting to think about that we didn't maybe have a whole lot of architects. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people just built their own buildings and they didn't really care. But when we're talking about these larger scale buildings... Yeah, you kind of need somebody to put some vision. You do, yeah, absolutely. And vision he had. (laughs) Um, Haviland found most of his inspiration for his plans for the penitentiary from prisons and asylums built beginning in the 1780s in England and Ireland. 
he gave the prison a neo-Gothic look to instill fear into those who thought of committing a crime. Yeah, I mean, you know that gothic look, right? Like a, like Notre Dame or something yeah. like that. And then this is... It's got gargoyles. Yeah, I exactly. love the gargoyles. <laughs> right, it's like to scare people heading into it, I, I guess. Well, that's why for the picture of this, I, I chose one that had the gargoyle yeah. on it because I just love gargoyles. I mean, that isn't what we typically think of for prisons today. I used to have a gargoyle that I bought and I had it in my room and I'd put like sunglasses on him and he had like a bow tie I had <laughs> from like a prom I went to. And I named him Ziggy. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I mean, gargoyles, weren't they supposed to really be like um, protectors or something like that, too? I mean, in theory, yeah. In theory, (laughs) right? And then I remember the Hunchback of Notre Dame, like the the Disney movie, they they came alive. (laughs) What about about the show Gargoyles? Was it? Okay, my brain had a memory of that. And then I was like, or are you just thinking of the Disney movie? I used to love that show. No, I think I did watch that show, too. So... Let's just keep going with okay. the history because we got a long way to go here. The ESP is considered to be the world's first penitentiary. A prison is a place of long-term confinement for those convicted of serious crimes or otherwise considered undesirable by the government, which, while penitentiaries is a state or federal prison for convicted felons. The penitentiary was intended not simply to punish but to move the criminal towards spiritual reflection and change. And the idea of this new prison was created in a meeting held at Benjamin Franklin's house in 1787. Wow. So Haviland wasn't part of that discussion, but he liked the concept of that. Yeah, definitely. So Eastern States' revolutionary system of incarceration, dubbed the Pennsylvania system, or separate system, encouraged separate confinement as a form of rehabilitation. Inmates were held mostly in solitary confinement. The warden was legally required to visit every inmate every day, and the overseers were mandated to see each inmate three times a day. Wow. So that is a lot. Yeah. I think this was very different, right, than than what... Uh... Yeah. It was definitely. Well, I'm going to say like different from what we even see today. Yeah. Well, yeah, this isn't done anymore. Yeah. Okay. There's reasons for it. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Proponents of the system believe strongly that the criminals exposed in silence to thoughts of their behavior and the ugliness of their crimes would become genuinely penitent. Uh, This was a very different approach than what was common in the U.S. in those days, and what is common now, again. Um, Most places use the New York system, which was that prisoners should be forced to work together in silence and could be subjected to physical punishment. Okay, so more physical punishment back then, and then this was like... But they would work together, though. Gotcha, those work, yeah, okay. So originally, inmates were housed in cells, can only be accessed by entering through a small exercise yard attached to the back of the prison. Only a small portal, just large enough to pass meals, opened onto the cell block. This design proved impractical, and in the middle of construction, cells were constructed that allowed prisoners to enter and leave the cell blocks through metal doors that were covered by a heavy wooden door to filter out noises. So they didn't even hear like noises while they are in there. Wow. Um, The halls were designed to have the feel of a church. 
So some believe that the doors were small, so prisoners would have a harder time getting out, minimizing an attack of an officer. Mm. Uh, otherwise, have explained the small doors forced the prisoners to bow while entering their cells. This design is related to penance and ties to the religious inspiration of the prison. The cells were made of concrete with a single glass skylight representing the eye of God, suggesting to the prisoners that God was always watching them. Wow. <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't know. That just seems, um, I mean, I guess they, they were, they really put a lot of thought into oh, all absolutely. These, these little aspects. Absolutely. They, they definitely thought something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, outside the cell was uh, an individual area for exercise enclosed by high walls so prisoners could not communicate. Exercise time for each prisoner was synchronized so no two prisoners next to each other would be out at the same time. So they weren't allowed to like have friends or anything oh, in there. Geez. Prisoners were allowed to garden and even keep pets in their exercise yard. And when a prisoner left his cell, an accompanying guard would wrap a hood over his head to prevent him from being recognized by other prisoners. Oh, geez. Um, I, yeah, I did hear about them having birds Yeah, as pets. Yeah, and there was a dog, and we're going to talk about that. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I figured you'd talk about that, but I just, like, I heard birds, and then, then the one thing I read was rats, but they weren't supposed to have rats as pets, but, like, they would overlook <laughs> it and let uh, them have rats as pets. So the guards um, and counselors of the facility designed a variety of physical and psychological torture regimes uh, for various infractions, including dousing prisoners in freezing water outside during winter months, chaining their tongue to (gasps) their wrist in a fashion such that struggling against the chains could cause the tongue to tear, and strapping prisoners into chairs with tight leather restraints for days on end, and putting the worst behaved prisoners into a pit called the hole. An underground cell block dug under cell block 14 where they would have no light, no human contact, and little food for as long as two weeks. Okay. I mean, wow. Just when you think the one couldn't be worse, something couldn't be worse. It just kept getting worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if this is, I mean, now, right, when people, they get put in the hole. That's like, you know, solitary confinement today. Yeah. I mean, on the TV shows that I watch, I'm sorry. I'm it is it is reminiscent of, of this particular thing. But I but, don't think they're underground. <laughs> and they're limited on how much time they could be put in the hole for. Sure, sure, yeah. But I just it's interesting that that's where maybe the name came from. Yeah. That it was underground. Um, cell accommodations were advanced for their time, including a faucet with running water over a flush toilet, as well as curved pipes along part of one wall, which served as central heating during the winter months, where hot water would be running through the pipes to keep the cells reasonably heated. Toilets were remotely flushed twice a week by the guards of the cell block. Oh, jeez. So they weren't flushed at any other time but those twice a week. Wow. But that was advanced. That was advanced for those days, yep. The original design of the building was for seven one-story cell blocks, But by the time cell block three was completed, the prison was already over capacity. All subsequent cell blocks had two floors, 
Towards the end, cell blocks 14 and 15 were hastily built due to overcrowding. They were built and designed by by prisoners. Wow. Uh, cell block 15 was for the mo- for the worst behaved prisoners, and the guards were gated off from there entirely. So they wouldn't get any contact. That's just insane. Except for like their food and stuff. Wow. In 1913, they ended the use of the prison as solitary confinement, though. But not for the reasons that you'd think. Mm. Mostly just because of overcrowding. They wanted to fit more people in there. And not because this could be considered torture. I can... Okay, so I can see that. Because it's like if you're giving... it's <laughs> You're giving everyone their own room, you know, that, that would definitely cut down in... Uh, you know, how many prisoners you could get in there. It's interesting. If you look at the pictures, it almost looks like a wheel with like spokes in it. It does, yeah. It's so, it's such a weird design. It is, yeah. To think about. Did you see the picture of uh, Capone's uh, room? I did, I did. He had a lamp in there and everything. Oh, yeah, he had all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I found a quote that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, After his... uh, 1842 visit to the penitentiary, Charles Dickens likened this solitary confinement to being buried alive. Mm. He said, quote, in its intention, I am well convinced that it is kind, humane, and meant for reformation. Dickens said, but I am only the more convinced that there is a depth of terrible endurance in it, which no man has a right to inflict upon his fellow creature. I hold this slow and daily tempering with the mysteries of the brain to be immeasurably worse than uh, tampering. Any- oh, tampering. Sorry. I hold this slow and daily tampering with the mysteries of the brain to be immensely worse than any torture of the body. So he oh. thought it was worse than what they had been doing. I mean, but he thought he's like, I don't think anyone did this intentionally, intentionally yeah. to torture people. They yeah. thought like, Oh, we're, we're making an improvement. Yeah, I, I could tell. I, I I could tell that they wanted this to be a peaceful place for people. Yeah, but it just and I'm, and there's and there there is something to be said for having some solitude and, and time to think. But we are social creatures, so yeah. to have it be one hundred percent that, it's like going from one extreme to the other. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In 1924, Pennsylvania Governor Gifford. Pinchot allegedly sent sentenced Pep, the cat murdering dog, an actual dog, to a life sentence at Eastern State. Pep allegedly murdered the governor's wife's cherished cat. Prison records reflect that Pep was assigned an inmate number, number C2559, which is seen in his mugshot. He has a mugshot too. <laughs> However, the reason for Pep's incarceration remains a subject of some debate. A contemporary newspaper article reported that the governor donated his own dog to the prison to increase inmate morale. Yeah, that's what I had read about about Pep that he was there to they, there that it was like a movement at that time that which I think actually is a movement today. There's a lot of um there's that the show, right? Like inmates yeah. that are um uh, they work with rescue dogs and things like that sure. to get them ready to be adopted. But are but are they cat murdering dogs? Well, again, I think that was a trumped <laughs> up charge. I, I don't <laughs> think. 
Mm. <laughs> I don't mm. think dogs typically murder cats. I don't know. That I mean, seems a bit... some might if they could. I mean. Uh, on April 3rd, 1945, a major escape was carried out by 12 inmates, including the infamous Willie Sutton, who over the course of a year managed to dig an undiscovered 97-foot tunnel under the prison wall. During renovation in the 1930s, an additional 30 incomplete inmate dug tunnels were discovered. This is amazing. I love this story. <laughs> it's Shawshank Redemption yeah. in the real world. I'm guessing this was part of the inspiration for that. I love Maybe, it. Maybe, yeah. Uh, while still in operation in 1965, it was designated a National Historic Landmark. Oh, wait, by the way, did they, did they, did they escape? Like, did they get to... I mean, they escaped. I think they caught them, though, okay. after that. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah. So, um, so sorry, it's a National Historic Landmark. Yeah, it became a National Historic Landmark. Uh, ESP closed, though, shortly after this in 1971. So the city of Philadelphia purchased the property with the intention of redeveloping it. The site had several proposals, including a mall, and a luxury apartment complex surrounded by the old prison walls. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine that? You live in a luxury apartment, but you look down and you see the walls of the prison there. Very weird. I mean, I, you'd still have to tear it down, though, right? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, but the walls they would leave up. Yeah. The prison itself they would tear down. Wow. So, like, the outside walls. Yeah, very weird. It. I guess protecting it. Yeah. So, it's like a gated community, I right? I mean, I was just going to say, you know, I suppose it's a good thing. <laughs> With barbed wire barbed up wire, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during, during the abandoned era, um, from closing into the late 80s, a forest grew in the cell blocks and outside within the walls. The prison also became home to many stray cats. Aw, it's a safe place, despite the murdering dog. Yeah, besides Pep being there. In 1988, the Eastern State Penitentiary Task Force successfully petitioned Mayor Wilson Goody to halt redevelopment. In 1994, Eastern State opened to the public for, hist for historical tours. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, notable visitors include Charles Dickens and Alexis de Tocqueville. And later notable inmates include Willie Sutton, as I mentioned before, and we already mentioned Capone. El Capone was in there in 1929. We've talked about Capone a couple times um, during our Alcatraz episode, during our episode on Same the St. Valentine's Day Massacre mm -hmm. as well. Yep. So if you're interested in Capone... Go back and listen to that. And because we're doing this episode and those two episodes, uh, two other episodes, it would be hard to just do an El Capone episode now. Yeah, I think at this point we've kind of covered him from from all the angles. Yeah, we've burned all that down. So, <laughs> uh, the Eastern State Penitentiary operates as a museum and a historic site, open year round, and guided tours as well as self guided audio tours are available. A scavenger hunt is available for the children, too. Yeah, and uh, Steve Buscemi is, uh, I think, one of the audio tour guys, voices. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, visitors are allowed to walk into several specially marked solitary confinement cells, but most of them remain off-limits and filled with original rubble and debris from years of neglect. The city skyline of Philadelphia is visible from the prison courtyard, which still has the original baseball backstop and a chain link fence atop the outfield wall. 
the outer prison wall to attempt to keep home run balls inside the grounds. Oh. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah, well, that's what I got for the history. Do you have anything to add, Rebecca? I found a few little trivia things that I thought were kind of interesting. Okay. Um, I think we've mentioned some of them, but um, it is quite likely that ESP is the first prison in the U.S. to house a synagogue. Oh, okay. Constructed in 1924 and fully restored in 2009. Nice. Um, before 1959, prisoners at ESP would make dentures in the dental lab on the grounds. So that was probably after um, they lifted the solitary confinement ban then. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They Or they were starting to do some of that, I'm yeah. guessing, because that's kind of later on. Well, because the, they wouldn't let people work with each other. So Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, the building's unique wagon wheel shape allows a guard to stand at the center and quickly set C down every corridor, each spoke of the wheel, simply by turning. This innovative architecture proved convenient for the many decades the prison operated before there was like cctv monitoring closed caption tv yeah um and then um there is an octagonal there you go i can say the word the octagonal room directly above the central surveillance hub just one of several libraries at esb housed ten thousand books in several languages by the beginning of the civil war Oh, that's awesome. There's a lot of libraries there. Yeah, and people don't think of libraries inside prisons, but uh, as someone that works for the American Library Association, um, that is like a whole thing. And they're constantly fighting for their rights to get more books and to um, get more rights for people to not be like harassed while they're reading and not to um, like... The, so for a while there, the government was trying to track who was reading what. Mm-hmm. And whereas people might think that's a great idea, that's horrible for our freedom. So yeah. Um. So they're they're constantly fighting for these rights as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and actually, sorry, we, this is like a prison um couple weeks for us because our we just did an interview with um for a ghostly ex with someone yeah. that works for currently works for the prison system yeah works for cook county prison which is very dangerous well i used to tutor there uh and it's interesting we realized that we were both probably there at the same time yeah for different purposes who knows if i if i saw him or not probably not but yeah he was a co (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i was in a little different area but he knew what i was talking about and that's neil gibbons neil gibbons of graveside paranormal Mm -hmm. yeah um, and that was, and so just, yeah, I think my last fact is the one that you just talked about, which is that most of the cells are just still untouched okay. from 1971 that, um, you know, they've restored some of them, but actually most of, uh, of the prison is just still kind of that abandoned. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to be posting as always a lot of our sources and there's one, um, one particular one that I'll, I'll make a note of, um, of a photographer that went in and took some, some really great photos of uh-huh. the prison i love those abandoned picture kind of things. yeah and you can really get a good sense i think of the of the, the place i mean you got to think it would be like impossible for them to clear out all those cells though oh yeah i mean unless yeah. they were going you know yeah you're either going to tear it down or you're gonna just have to leave it yeah i mean the mall idea sounds interesting and so did the apartments i mean <laughs> yeah it would feel like 
The Walking Dead, the prison season. Ooh, good point. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we return, we will get to the debate. Hello, ghostly listeners. Rebecca here. It's been a while since I've read you a creepy bedtime story. But it's time to bring this spine-tingling good time back. Join me on Patreon for exclusive new readings of classic ghost stories. Every month, I'll be reading frightening tales from my favorite authors. A perfect way to go to sleep with the sweetest, most terrifying dreams. Join Ghostly's new Patreon by visiting ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon on the menu bar so you don't miss any of my creepy bedtime stories. Talk to you soon. Rebecca, it's time for a debate. Time for a debate. All right, here we go. There are so many haunted stories for this place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found this one article that was a like list of 30, you know, stories or things about the prison and most of them were just different paranormal stories. <laughs> I, I will say that I have not seen any of these stories at all. So yes. I was not I, I I didn't look up any of the haunted history. I don't know anything about it. So you're coming in cold. Coming in very cold. All right. Which is typical for these kind of things <laughs> for me. Um, so obviously we cannot debate all of the stories as always. You know, we just so we, we just got to try to pick the the most common or the most interesting stories, and that's you know what I, I pick for us to talk about today. But as I mentioned earlier, there's you know there's orb things and foot. Mm. footsteps and all of that like there's just a lot of general of those stories but i again i tried to pick some specific ones um and i kind we kind of talked about this earlier but one of the most popular stories that i am not going to cover too much or really at all is the um, haunting of al capone because we talked about that um you mean him having syphilis (laughs) <laughs> right, I guess. I don't know. But supposedly, while he was the Eastern State mm-hmm. Penitentiary, he was um, haunted by one of the people that was killed in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Or just a syphilis daydream. Uh, or haunting. I don't, you know, <laughs> that you can... So go listen. Yeah. I think it's either the St. Tel- Valentine's Day Massacre episode or and or the Alcatraz episode. I think it probably came up in both um, so again, I don't want to kind of rehash those again. Um, obviously, Pat was not convinced, but I believe you could be. Um, so definitely go back and listen to those if you haven't yet. Um, but let's start with the most popular story, like by far, every single haunted article that you're going to read about um, the penitentiary is going to include the story of the locksmith. Mm. So the show notes will include a link to a video of him telling this story um, from a New York Post article. 
Um, but it, again, shows up in a bunch of articles. So this is uh, Gary Johnson. Wait, didn't he run for president? I know, right? And actually, my mom mm-hmm. had a friend, Gary Johnson, who, mm-hmm. anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I guess I should say has. I actually just, we just went and saw him. Uh, anyways, um, but <laughs> this guy. Oh, I met that Gary Johnson guy. Yeah. 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 So anyways, he just wrote a book. Anyway, it, it's interesting. Um, okay. Uh, but he, uh, this guy, this was back in the 70s. Um, and he, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. This one's in the 90s. Um, he helped maintain the old crumbling locks at the prison. So in the early 1990s, he had just opened an old lock in cell block four when he says a force gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. He describes a negative, horrible energy that exploded out of the cell. He said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that one form in particular beckoned to him. And then he says, I had this feeling that I was being watched like really intensely. Um, He said, I turned and I'm looking down the block and I know there's nobody there. A couple of seconds later and I get the same feeling. I'm really being watched. I turn around and I look down the block and I don't see anything. And as I start to turn the down the block, this black shadow just leapt across the block. So I don't know. These are they're I don't know if these both happened at the same time or if they happened at different times, but these are 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 Gary Johnson's stories. Mm. Uh, there's other stories of people seeing faces and figures. Um, in cell block four so that's like cell block four is known for there being faces on the walls basically um and his was kind of the the most famous or well known of that well if you look at some of the pictures of some of the cells as they are nowadays um it looked like it was painted but the paint is chipped off of a lot of the walls um, so I believe that it could give you that feeling of that there is like a face in the wall, kind of like when you stare into marble, you can make shapes out of different things in the marble too. Um, it's it's our own mind playing tricks on us. It's our mind trying to decode a puzzle that isn't really a puzzle, but it, it just sees it as that. I mean... Yeah, except like if you work there and you're there all the time and you are constantly seeing these walls, like I understand like, you know, you might look at a wall and be like, oh, whoa, that almost kind of looks like a face, you know, but this is like it was also accompanied by a feeling of like someone watching and someone and feeling oppressed and like dark and all of that. And then kind of seeing a face, a figure and a a figure, um, you know, it's it just a little bit more than just seeing like, a oh, if you put those two paint chips together, that kind of looks like eyes. I mean, I don't know. Like if, if he was just like a visitor, that'd be one thing. But to me, the fact that he was the, the locksmith and like there all the time. Yeah. And that is why you would see it. Like I, you know, growing up, I went to the same bathroom every single day and every single day I'd see new faces in the tile. Um, but anyways, um. The prison is designed to give you this feeling of that. Um, You have to remember that is the intention of that was to, um, first of all, anybody from the outside looking in would never want to go there. So (laughs) you would not commit crimes based upon how bad the prison was. And that was part of the design of that. And then inside, they wanted people to have this kind of penance so they designed it with this feeling of just dread 
and something that you just couldn't wait to get out of. And so for him to have this feeling is not surprising because that's in the design. <laughs> so how haunted for you? What's your rating? Um, There's no pictures or anything like that. You say you have a video, right? I do, that's for a later one. This one, there, there's no pictures or video for this one. Oh, okay. Um, so... I mean, there, oh, I'm sorry, there is a video. There's a video of him telling his story. I'm so oh, okay. sorry. There is a video, but it's not like he wasn't taking a video while this happened to yeah. him. It's just a video of him telling his story. Gotcha. Well, I didn't see the video of him explaining it, so I, I don't I don't have that to go off of. And um, there's no pictures or anything like that. So I'm going to have to give this one a one because there's so much other information that I need to assess before that. But I'm giving it a one only because uh, I don't have that information, but yet I understand that this is the intention of the building itself. The design of the building was to not make you feel safe, warm, and good, was to make you feel <laughs> just the opposite of that. All right. I give this one an eight. An eight? Uh, yeah. This That's was... better than anything you gave at the Lee? Yeah. Oh, no. no. You gave one thing an eight at Lee. I think I, think I might have. Yeah. But this one, again, this is the big story. And this is, I mean, like this guy, like, you know, this was before, this is not, like he doesn't, you know, work for the haunted house or anything like that. I mean, this is just this guy working there telling these stories. And, you know, it was just a weird thing that happened. He still worked there. But he saw something and mm -hmm. he experienced this. And it's not like he's like, yep, every day I see faces. You know, it's like this one time he had this crazy thing happen. And uh, yeah, I find it pretty believable. Yeah. Well, I wonder what was on his mind that day, too. Mm. So there's a lot of questions that I would have to ask in order to assess this fuller. Okay. Uh, all right. Next one, um, another area that many report being very haunted is cell block 12. In fact, we're going to have a bunch of stories here from cell block 12. So four, four, six, and 12 are kind of the, the three that you hear mentioned. So we just heard something from four. Uh, so from 12, which included something called the operating room. Mm -hmm. Now I know there's like a hospital wing. I don't know if that is what this is or if the operating room is something else. They just they just called it the operating room. Um, so visitors report not only hearing screams and voices, but this was the specific story is that like people will like see that all the cell doors are open. They kind of like, I don't know, turn around or go right around the corner and they like hear a noise. They come back all within like seconds and all of the doors are closed. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to have to go one by one on this. Um, so the screams and voices was the first thing that you said that would be something that mm -hmm. you would see in someplace haunted. Um, I think the design of the actual building gives way to that, that a scream anywhere would be would echo throughout all of it and it is a huge building so the echo can intensify so even words spoken can become like screams to people at the other side of the building uh, although when you're in the cells itself they are pretty well insulated from noise but when you are not in the cells you could hear a lot of things and that was also designed so that the guards could hear things that people were saying hmm. uh, in case they were becoming chummy with one of their neighbors, which was next to impossible for them. But um, So I think the screams and voices could just be echoes in there from somebody else talking at another end of the prison. Um, 
So I, I don't know if I believe that. Um, the cell doors open and then come back and they're closed a few seconds later. That could just be that you just saw things wrong. You know, you you thought you saw them open, but they were actually closed. Okay. I okay. I, I don't believe that. I, I I I will agree with you in the screams and voices that there could be a, some echo or things going on um that could explain that. Um but the cell doors being all opened and then you come back in and they're all closed seems I mean again if it was like a few minutes I would say you know, well, maybe someone came along and closed them or whatever. Um, but I don't think this is like Alcatraz where you could close them all at once, though I, I guess I don't know. But still, I think, you know, the fact that this is a story that's happened um, a few times that's been reported, um, you know, man, that that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you also have to like understand this place only has light from above. It doesn't have any windows. Mm-hmm. any place else but above and it was designed that way with intention so that people would be forced to just think and the only time you would see light that's from where god was you know so that was like yeah and if it was raining or something like that um it would be like pitch dark in this place only lit by whatever electricity that they have in there which I'm sure is not great. So I'm just thinking that you could easily forget that they were actually closed and you thought that they were open. Or maybe you were at another cell block that happened to have the doors open and then this one looks the same as all the rest of them because they all look very similar. You could have mistaken that you thought that those were open as well. Now that I would potentially believe more than yeah. the other thing. So I'm gonna have to go zero on this one, Rebecca. All right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go five on this one because it 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 is a little weird. Oh, maybe a six, maybe a six. Going to six, <laughs> changing my mind. You talked yourself into I did, one more point. I did one more point because um, it is a little weird. Um, and again, it's just a like a fast turnaround time. But I agree, there could be that maybe they just went down a different hallway. Yeah. All right, so next piece of evidence. This is, uh, again, from Selbach 12, uh, and it's from the show Ghost Hunters, Mm -hmm. which I like a lot better than Ghost Adventures. I'm just going to be honest. Well, Uh, I mean, you like Zach Baggins. uh, Yeah, but Taps is (laughs) a little bit bit better, a little more more real for me. But uh, anyway, Steve and Gary from Taps, um, watched a recorded video from this area. Now, they they recorded uh, and experienced a lot of different things um, during their show at this place. But this is the only one that in the end they felt was truly unexplainable. So they watched this video. It's really short. It's like maybe a minute, if that. And there is a mysterious, like, shadowy figure that appears, and it looks like it's kind of walking towards the camera, and then it just quickly, I don't know if it turns around or just, like, it darts away. Um, and it's its not clearly, like, it, like it's, a, it's a figure, but it's not like you can see, like, features or anything like that, and you can't really see um, down to the feet. It's just, like, a kind of a dark 
almost like a like an absence of light kind of thing, but a little there's a little bit of outline to it. Um, and they really could not find anything to explain it. You know, a lot of the videos, they're like, nope, that's a reflection. Nope, that's from the camera. Like all of that. This one, they could not explain it. Um, so Jason, right, he's kind of the, the lead guy, believes that it is paranormal proof. Um, and there will be a link to the video in the show notes. They put it out into the world because I said, hey, if someone can um, explain this video, um, you know, that, that please do that. Um, and then just to add on to the cell buck 12 thing that a manager, I, this is what was in the story, um, that there's been several people that have asked to be moved from this area after seeing, like seeing figures basically, um, while working. Okay. So, well, I have not seen this video, so I am not going to give a rating on this, but I will say that anytime a shadowy figure, when you say this in here, I would think that this place is poorly lit. Would you agree with that? That it's probably poorly lit? Oh yeah, and they were there at night. Yeah. So these these are night vision. So poorly cameras. lit. They were there at night, night vision cameras. Um and also too, there's not windows except for the one up on top, the skyline, which is the eye of God. And therefore any movement in clouds above it can make what you would think would be like a shadowy appearance. Um, so I'm going to say that that is probably what it is. Although, as I said, I didn't see the video, so I can't give a rating for this one. Okay. Well, to me, this one is uh, a seven. Okay. I do seven and a half, but we're not allowed to do half. So No, seven. you can't do half. And no infinity plus or anything like that <laughs> no actually no watch the video i don't uh, i guess i'm gonna go seven I, it could be an eight but i'm gonna go seven just because i don't know enough about video so i gotta allow for that um but it's it's pretty creepy and uh I, I, to me there is no way this would just be a like a shadow or, or anything like that um though i'm interested i'm interested to hear what people think of it so again take a look um for a link to that uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I'm also interested in the idea that it's like spokes on a wheel and the middle is where um, the guard would stand so that he can see everything. And so if there was somebody in the middle and there was some light source on the correct side of him, it can cause a shadow to reflect in all of those or in half of those spokes. Mm. Because, right, if there's a light behind him, sure, it can make a shadow and that would be the form of a person as well. Right. But this is, I mean, them investigating. Again, they do. They do try to look and see like, wait, was someone standing there? Like, what could well, this have I, been? So. I didn't see the video, so I can't. <laughs> so the video, so Rebecca added all these things. Um while like right before we recorded so i had, did not have an opportunity well we we're kind of rushed i yeah. had some some stuff going makes on sense this week, but i mean but. but therefore i cannot give my opinion on that then i can just say what a shadowy figure might appear why it might appear and that's because there's a light source on one end and not on the other and that could be the skyline or that could be some kind of electrical light in there i'm not sure I, I have no idea. I haven't seen the video, so. All right. So, uh, yeah, definitely go watch it and see what you think. 
Uh, okay, next one is, uh, this is from a Metro Philadelphia article. Um, and this is uh, from, again, they don't, I think they don't do the, I don't know if they don't do any haunted house, but they don't do the one that they were doing anymore. Um, but this is an interview. This is from the interviews that happened with the people that work, uh, worked for that okay. um, area uh, for the haunted house. Okay. So technical director, James Travis also had his own moment with the spirit. The article says, uh, he says it, quote, it was close to midnight on a rainy and windy Friday during the fall of the year 2012. I like the way that that's written. It's right? very, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was an event that evening and all the other guests and staff had left the property. Uh, Travis noticed a large steel panel that had been delivered for him in the building's gatehouse and wanted to move it out of the way and decided to take it to cell block 12. In case you need reminding, this is the most haunted spot. Uh, quote, I plan to put it just inside the gate there. The dolly kept sliding out of the way, so I had to use both hands to get the gate unlocked, he remembers. All of a sudden, he felt the presence of someone behind him. I knew that everyone else had left the property, so my first suspicion was that some miscreant had secluded themselves away and were up to no good, he says. When Travis turns around, he sees a short man, only about five foot four, standing a few feet away from him. Quote, I instantly drew back my fist, ready to strike, heart pumping. Then I realized he was translucent and dressed in Civil War era military clothes. Then he disappeared, Travis describes. Later, Travis finds out, found out that ESP was operational during the Civil War. Yeah, it definitely was um, during the Civil War. That is fact. Um <laughs> <laughs> as far as the other things, I have nothing to go by but Travis. And James Travis sounds like a country artist. Well, that, yeah, that should make him more believable. No, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have nothing to go by but his word. And I don't know him enough for his word to mean anything to me. So right. I'm going to say I don't believe it. I don't believe that he saw this. Um, <laughs> there's no picture. There's no video. There's no nothing else to go by. We just have to take Travis's word for this. All right. So what would you give this? I'm going to have to go zero on this one. Okay. Uh, I don't know. For me, I nah, this one I'm going to give a five because it's a fun story. And I do think, you know, it's possible people, you know, I mean, again, we get these reports of people seeing figures. However. This was the only story I read about this particular ghost or figure yeah. um, and really very few of the stories are like have like a full specter mm. like this where it's like almost somebody that looks real. Um, so again, I don't want to doubt him. Like I know people have seen stuff, but <sighs> It's not, there's not like other reports of people seeing this particular okay. ghost. But here's another thing. He's a technical director, right? Mm -hmm. um, you would think he'd want to know every single angle of this place that he could possibly do something that would scare other people. You would think he would have known that there was 
that it was operational during the Civil War. It wasn't like you had to do much research. You just had to know what date it was open and what date the Civil War was. Well, not everybody remembers that. Well, then he's a very bad technical director, I'm just going to say, because... <laughs> well, he just has to make sure the stuff works. I don't know if he's, like, designing the actual scenes on there. Well, a director, though, would be <laughs> designing more of the technical aspects. So, again, you would want to know the history of the building that you work in. Uh, I'll tell you, working at the Basement of the Dead, um, they knew the complete history of, of the place, and so that they could figure out ways that they could make it seem more haunted. They would add to the story in certain areas that would make sense because, you know, it makes it more credible feeling. And um, that's what a good technical director would do. <laughs> or any director would do. Well, okay, but that doesn't mean he didn't see a ghost. Darn you, James Travis. <laughs> All right, I have one more piece of evidence. Um, and this is that visitors have reported seeing the ghost of Joseph Taylor, who murdered an inmate named Michael Duran um, in 1884. Um, sorry, I, <laughs> the quote I put in there was uh, murdered him to death. I don't I don't know. That mm -hmm. You can murder not to death. I don't. Anyways, isn't that the name of a movie that I, you saw? Oh, something? murder by death is, yeah, is murder by an death. Amazing movie. Um, anyways, uh, after he carried out this murder it is reported, he quietly entered his cell and went to sleep. Um, his ghost is reported to wander the halls to this day. Um, so uh, the 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 ghosts that people see, um, it, they often uh, in that area, um, they think is this Joseph Taylor who murdered another inmate. So as far as my research goes, I do not know of a Joseph Taylor that murdered somebody. During this time in 1884, they were still doing the solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. It would have been very difficult for him to commit a murder when he can't see anybody. Like if you told me that he murdered a guard, mm -hmm. that I could believe because he would have to have some interactions with the guard or an overseer or one of the wardens <laughs> even. You would have to have some interaction with them. They would have zero interaction with any other inmate. So I... I are you looking it up? Is that what you're doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do not know of a Joseph Taylor. I did not find him in my research. Mm -hmm. And since I'm just hearing this name for the first time, uh, I'm going to have to call this a call this BS. <laughs> well, I you know, here's the thing about it. Like there's so there's this thing where like you know, we say yes, they were locked in their cells and they, you know, cannot um, you know, have any interaction with, um, with, with every, with anyone else, but they find a way like, like one of those prison breaks, there was like a bunch of them that escaped at that time. Um, and so I, I think it's one of those things where it's like for all intentions, right? Like we're not going to talk to each other, but in reality, we somehow find a way. Um, I, so I do find a New York Times article that says there was a Joseph Taylor 
who on May 21st, 1884, murdered Keeper. So who actually was a guard. Okay. Wasn't another inmate. So that that part was wrong. Uh, Michael Doran um, at the Eastern State Penitentiary by beating in his brains with a wooden bobbin and a bar of iron. Okay, well, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, so the whole time I'm I'm listening to you, I was just like, wait a second, how did that happen? Um, so let me look at it again. Um, uh, reported seeing the ghost of, so do they have any pictures of him? Or was there any pictures in your haunted research? No, no pictures um, of this. Um, it says he was hanged. I think for the murder, um, because they figured out it was him hmm. that did it. Well, so. it would be pretty easy to figure out, I would think. Yeah. On the date mentioned, Doran entered Taylor's cell. And as he did so, Taylor, who had been lying in wait, sprang forward and struck him with a heavy wooden bobbin, which had been used in the prison works for reeling yarn. Doran staggered forward and Taylor, seizing an iron bar, literally beat the crown of the man's head off with it. Just in case you haven't um, heard some of these old newspaper articles before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you, don't, you don't hear bobbin very They much. don't hold back on the blood and gore. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> Even the New York Times back in the day, um, they, they didn't... Um, yeah, they didn't they didn't hold back at all. Um, and then when he was done, he just went back to his cell. He says it's this is what it says in the New York Times article and lay down on his bed. Ten minutes later, an overseer found the two men in these positions. Um, yeah. So, yeah, again, it wasn't hard for them to figure out he did it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Who else would have done it? You know, his yeah. his door is unlocked. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know because I don't know how they are seeing his ghost like are they i I don't know yeah i this i it was just one of those reports that that's you know they supposedly like the the figures or different things that people see they think it's this joseph taylor just because he was such a bad guy and murdered um someone else in the prison Hmm. well sorry um michael duran and family um, but I'm going to have to give this one a zero. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm sorry. Cause I, there's nothing more to go on. Just that people say that they see this. I don't know how they see it. I don't know what it looks like. There's nothing explaining anything in this. All right. I'm going to give it a seven. Cause, uh, I mean, I, you know, be, there's, there are a lot of, um, figures people see noises they hear and it would make sense to me that one of them could certainly be um this uh pretty bad guy okay so pat what is your overall rating my overall rating is gonna have to be a zero on this one because if i could go like 0.25 i would but (laughs) we can't so it's gonna have to be a zero on this one not a square root of one uh i'm sorry i just (laughs) <laughs> evidence is not compelling enough for me okay uh i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a seven a seven it's okay. actually i mean i i wish i could go a little higher but i know some of these stories were a little um you know kind of going back and forth on them but but there is enough compelling evidence for me to to give it a pretty uh pretty high score now that is the same thing that you gave the lee family curse and you said in this episode that you had doubts about that there was actually a curse. Yeah, 
This one, though. <laughs> so this is a different seven. Different is- seven. Very much a different seven. Again, man, a part of me wants to give an eight. Maybe I should be have scored some of these things higher. I don't know if Maybe I go you back. should have scored the Lee one a lot lower than. Well, I suppose that's true. If you didn't believe it. Well, I do believe it, though. I do believe it, though. Man, there were some crazy things in that one, too. But, uh, but no, for this, though, um, again, lots of reports, lots of stories. Everything that I mentioned has multiple people saying, the same thing um, except for that one uh, Travis guy Uh (laughs) All right. well that brings us to the closing arguments this is our last chance to convince you to vote our way we are each given one minute of uninterrupted time and we will time each other on our cell phones to keep Rebecca honest hey all right you ready I am and go all right so Eastern State Penitentiary is definitely haunted um uh, you know, first of all, lots of very bad things happen there. I mean, we heard about the um, the torture, you know, f- f- uh, to inmates directly and indirectly and in every way. Um, lots of violence, lots of bad things happening there. And basically, there's been ghost reports there since the 40s, at the least. I mean, that's the earliest we can go with that. Um, and we have some uh, reports of people that have worked there. Um, we have reports of people that visited there that saw ghosts and have heard things and seen things. Um, there's just so many stories. I, again, we can never get to them all um, on our show, but, um, you know, <laughs> there's just uh, there's a lot of reasons for haunting and a lot of um, evidence of hauntings. All right. You had two seconds, Rebecca. Thank you. Wow. All right. Are you ready? I was born ready. Okay. Here we go. All right. Look, you take the good and then you take the bad and then you take them both. And there you have the Eastern State Penitentiary is not haunted at all. There's not enough evidence. Look, people, this place was made to feel spooky. It was is it was its intention at the time. Everything that Rebecca has stated as far as evidence goes seems like it could all be attributed to that. I don't have anything more to say, but that's the facts of life, okay? Are you done? I am done. All right. Some One of these times you got to go first so then I can respond to the things that you say. Why? I'm not responding to anything that you said. (laughs) Yes, you are. You even mentioned me and your stuff there. Oh, I'm just saying the whole evidence. I don't think they built this to make people like think there's ghosts. They they made it like where they felt bad and didn't want to be there. But well, that is exactly the reason that it's haunted. That no, no, no. That's not the reason (laughs) it's haunted. There's, it's not haunted. (laughs) There's, there's not enough evidence there. I'm sorry. Well, there is, but we're going to let you guys decide. Mm-hmm. So definitely go look at the show notes and then definitely go vote. Join us. How in, do they vote? Well, as I said, go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on polls. It's right there. It's easy to find. Uh, and you know what? Then join us on Discord. Well, actually, while you're, <laughs> while you're there over at ghostlypodcast.com and you did your poll mm-hmm. oh, yes. and you want to do more, you can go to the listener survey because... In our 100th episode, we will be giving out a free T-shirt for one lucky person that has done the listener survey. Yeah, that's true. And so true. far, we've gotten a lot of great feedback, and um, we 
you know, we've really looked at some of it and we want to make some changes going forward based upon some of the things. Yeah. And this is just helpful for us to understand who you guys are. And then, yeah, absolutely. And what we could better do to serve you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, the polls and listener survey, both at ghostlypodcast.com. But I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Um, Please share us with your friends and family. We always say this word of mouth is our best advertisement. There's that is no lie. Uh, we've tried other forms of advertisement, and that doesn't equal listeners. When you guys tell your friends, they listen, and that becomes listeners for us. So um, that's the best way for us to get new listeners is for you to tell your friends. So remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't. I don't know why you wouldn't, but uh, we will be talking about the Aridale. Mm-hmm. The Airedale Asylum on the next episode that comes out on June 8th. Sounds super spooky. Which is right before my birthday. Yeah, it is. Maybe, you know, maybe we should do some kind of sale or something like that of ghostly gear. Ooh, yeah. So keep an eye on, if you don't follow us on social media, just look for Ghostly Podcast on all your socials. Yeah. Follow us and we'll be sure to post information um, on there. If you haven't joined our Ghostly Society on Facebook, that's really the best place to be. Yeah, and as Rebecca said, our next Ghostly X, which comes out next week, uh, will be with Neil Gibbons of Graveside Paranormal. Super crazy, spooky stories. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, again, talk I'm, about prison. I'm glad I don't have to debate those. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, this is, I mean, again, works in a prison, uh, has done a lot of paranormal investigations. This is the time, if you've been hesitating... Joining Patreon, um, I mean, for 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 five dollars a month, you can get access to these Ghostly X episodes. For ten dollars, you not only get access to the episodes, but also um, you get a button, you get to talk to us. There's so many, so many awesome things on there. So, so go take a look, ghostlypodcast.com. Click on Patreon. Yeah, check it out. And uh, we would like to send a special thanks to our VIP patrons which we consider to be like producers of the show. Absolutely. And that is Carrie. Becky. Natalie. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Sarah. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. And Candy. Yeah. And until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.